Good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to our first state tournament roundtable of the week. Uh, we have two esteemed Nebraska girls basketball coaches with us here today. Don't shake your head. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm in that category. No, you are esteemed. Tom's just steamed. Yeah, esteemed, <laughs> there we go. You know, uh, Dexter Goodner, the, the girls basketball coach at Ord High School, and Tom Taverdi, the girls basketball coach. Of course, just the basketball coach. You don't even have to say girls basketball coach. That's right. At Omaha Marion. It's assumed it has to be the girls team. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's just, that's just the way it is. So, uh, but Tom Taverdi, the the basketball coach at Omaha Marion High School, and we are at the Mellow Mushroom in downtown Lincoln, Nebraska, literally right across the street from Pinnacle Bank Arena. We have watched a few games here today. Uh, Dexter and I have seen four games. Tom's seen two. two two games today. Watched one on TV before I came. Watch Which one did you see on TV? Lincoln Lutheran and BRLD. BRLD. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good game. I can't Very figure out how game. to pronounce BRLD, so I just say BRLD. I don't think you really pronounce <laughs> I'm it. I'm pretty sure that's how you do it. I pre- right yeah, <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. So, um, But, uh, yes, we are across the, the street from Pinnacle Bank Arena. The Mellow Mushroom service has been great. Uh, if you're in Lincoln the next few days, stop by, have a have a good pizza. They got a little bit of everything over here. It's a great location. You can walk over, grab a pie, head back into the arena, and they have taken good care of us so far here today. So, but we are here to talk about some basketball. Uh, we did have a fourth, uh, but he uh, canceled on us at the last minute. He's a college coach and uh, had to take care of a recruit. So we'll just have the three amigos on here for this afternoon. And this is hopefully uh, the first of at least three and maybe four roundtable podcasts this week. So uh, this morning we dropped the uh, Winning Time podcast. Uh, Casey Hall and I reviewed the first episode of the Lakers uh, HBO docu-series or bio-series or whatever from last night. And that's going to be a weekly feature for the next ten weeks or so. We're going to have some fun with that. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to have a whole bunch of fun here this week and have a lot of stuff pouring out as far as content goes. But let's talk some hoops here. Um, guys, good seasons by by both of you. Obviously, if we're sitting here, if all three of us are sitting here, it's well, not where enough. we want to be at. But <laughs> just tell us a little bit about your season. Tom, tell us a little bit about your season, how you felt about your, uh, your season, uh, maybe some of the big lessons that you took from your team this year. I was just talking to Jamie Sale. I sat with him, the Morningside coach, during this last game and we were just talking about the impact having great kids with great work ethics and great attitudes i mean those those intangibles and those actually those are skills i mean we, we don't think of them as skills mm-hmm. but being a really hard worker and having a great attitude and those those intangibles are skills yeah and those kind of skills i think more than anything else it's impressed me how important those are and you reaching your potential or going beyond, and how south a season can go from expectations if you don't have those. That just really, because I've really, at Mary, Omaha Marion, that thing has blown me away is incredible work ethic, attitude, teammate type kids, and what you can get done with that. So that really jumped out at me, and I was watching um, Lincoln Southwest, just really felt like they had that. Yeah. And they looked awfully good an, today. What a great performance. Mm hmm. Against a very talented Omaha Central team. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what was your what was your 
like number one thing you know and, and again it's it's fairly fresh you know this the scabs are you know fairly fresh for all three of us uh but uh what's the what's the one thing that as of right now you're looking back on your season and going you know i i really thought we did this one thing really really well this season you know it's your first year and you're establishing a lot of things but what did you do really really well and what was one thing that that you look back on and go ah gosh i wish we would have done that a little bit better this year i think the one thing we did really well is just the as i mentioned earlier the focusing on we are going to just make sure we take care of the controllables the work ethic the attitude the leadership the unity mm-hmm. council things and all we just really focus because that's program that, that's your culture that's yeah. your culture and so to me establishing the right culture is and i always knew it was important it always was a focus of mine but it really came into focus this year how valuable and important that was in doing that at marion mm-hmm. and how we really progressed and peaked at the end there's no questions because of those things you can get so buried in x's and o's and forget about that stuff and wonder why your x's and o's didn't turn out as good as you thought and so that really reiterated to me the importance of that Uh and to me the other thing jumps out to me is just my exit meetings i have with players especially in the first year with so many kids you were trying out and shifting around on varsity and starting it's just a communication component how important that is to the kids in terms of if I'm a starter and I'm not going to start this next game, you need to have a conversation with that player so they don't find out what, when you announce it five minutes before the game. Yeah. Or if you're moving kids, varsity to JV or whatever, how important that is to kids and how much they appreciate that when you take the time to do it. Uh-huh. And I didn't do a very good job at that this year. Got kind of lost in the weeds with the year one. Yeah. But how important that communication component is on kids on a one-on-one basis, on a one-on-one level. Whenever their status on the team is going to change significantly, yeah. Yeah. make sure you communicate that to them. Yeah. I, you know, I saw that this year for us where we didn't really have like a change a whole lot. We Going into our first game, our best player, she ended up rolling her ankle right before our first game. It was like hour before like our pregame. We're doing our walkthrough. She rolls her ankle. She's out. She's out for what almost. What were you doing to your kids? I know we were running through. Dexter. We're running through plays, and a girl just goes underneath her, and she rolls her ankle, and boom, out for like three weeks. Okay, but so we had we did have a, a different starter in that situation, and then we did have to kind of let that starter know that we were going to make a switch when she got back. Uh-huh. But I do think that that was something I try to make a big emphasis on is is making like having those conversations, and I. In my exit interview, it's clear that I need to do it even more. Where, and, and it's not so much the changing of whether they're not going to be a starter or not, but it was to let them know that you're you're valued here. You know, my sixth, seventh girl at the bench could have easily been starters, and, and we kept selling selling that that they're you know they're starters off the bench, um, and just doing that even more, building them up even more of saying, hey, you could easily start on this team, and they would end games. And I think that they started to see that towards the end where it's like, I might have not started the game, but I'm in at the end of the game because, you know, we were deep enough to be able to see who's going to be able to do what. And, um, and yeah, so they started to kind of see that importance. But even in our exit interviews, it's like – and it's funny because in our exit interviews, I – one of the girls told me because I just said that our best player rolled her ankle. And I only say that because she led us in scoring and rebounding and assists. And, <laughs> but one of the girls honestly said, like, how do you think that that made – the team feel when you said that she was the best player going into a game I said we've got the best player on the floor we're a better team we're going to win this game 
and when I called her the best player, in my mind, I think nothing of it. But for when the other team, when the rest of the kids hear it, when they hear that, then you know there there's an issue, and it's something that in my mind I never even it never went over once or twice. I just never thought about it, and then now hearing that, I'm like, oh, okay, well, noted to that, but also maybe. I do think that kids have to be able to evaluate themselves and see themselves and, and be able to know that and be able to hear maybe somebody is the best player on the team because they do basically everything for us, but it doesn't mean you have less value for us. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, they're the most skilled, but it doesn't mean that you can't have a big impact on the game. Mm-hmm. And i got to be do better at that. Yeah, yeah. I was um – I thought my kids did a really good job, and all the credit goes to my players, of just really learning how to compete at a championship level. Uh, that doesn't mean we're a championship team. We're far from a championship team, but we uh, really took another step forward in our championship habits, our champion, you know, championship culture. And, and you know, I mean, Tom, you've won championships. You owe me one or two, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but, you know... Uh, you know, before you can be a champion, you have to act like a champion, you know, and you have to learn how to work like a champion. And this is what a championship practice looks like. And this is what a championship drill looks like. And this is what a championship rep looks like. And, um, you know, I thought our kids did a really, really good job of, of doing that, of, of just coming out and, and not, you know, they're going to compete every night out. And we got beat this year. But we didn't really lose any games this year. And that was a big difference from year one to year two, where especially early, you know, the first half of the year last year as you're trying to establish everything in year one, I thought there were some games that we just lost, that we were done before the opening tip. And I thought for 20, 23, 24 games, whatever we played this year, we came out and were ready to compete every night. Um, I would, and, and, and this is something that, that I thought I did a really good job at my first year. I felt myself slipping a little bit this year. And it's stuff that you don't notice until you watch other coaches. I thought that one thing that I want to do better at next year is just coaching the game and not worrying about the officiating. You know, you get into these state tournament situations. But they need our help. I, I know yeah. they need our help. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah. You know. Kind of. Uh, but most of the time, I mean, you know, 98% of the time they're right. You know, they're getting the call right 98% of the time, but do we only complain about 2% of the calls? Probably not. You know, we complain, you, most of us complain a, a lot more than 2% of the calls. And I know that's something that I want to work on going into the next season is I, I felt like that first year I was so focused on, okay, we're not worried about winning or losing. We're just focused on our team mm-hmm. and, and getting better and establishing those habits and culture and all that other stuff that, you know, I, I like this year we played in a lot more close games and you know the stress level gets elevated and you you know why didn't you call that travel what'd you see there that type of stuff and that's something I want to do better at next year that's just me talking you know that's just me being self-conscious about it you know but I'm watching you know just even today I've watched four games and you know people start chirping at yeah. the refs and doing this you know this is the best the state has to offer and we still got coaches on the sidelines that are just chirping away at this and that and the other thing uh, no just coach the game coach the game and that's that's something that I want to do a better job at next year for me what you were just saying that like I see that early on in the beginning of the year like I'm 
really cool at taking chances early. Like, we'll sub deep. We run kids in and out. I love to give girls chances uh, because it's early, and I want to let them learn. And then as the year goes and that pressure kind of builds, especially if you're having a good year where you start to think, like, okay. like We can make a run here. We can make a real run here. And then everything tightens up a little bit and tightens Mm -hmm. up a little bit. I have a little bit of scar tissue probably just because of, you know, the thing that had happened to me um, with a really good basketball team. And so you don't want to let it slip. And I I feel that pressure starting to hone in on me and then I think my girls feel it too and I and I got to do a better job of at the end of the year let's take a deep breath the process is still the process the yeah. results are still going to happen because of us doing yeah. the right processes so yeah. that's something I got to take away from this year as well yeah. Yeah. Um, here's a tough one I don't know if it's tough you said it was a good question so you've had time to think about this question so Dexter I'm going to have you go first I, I can't remember what the question is what did another coach do to your team this season that you're going to steal for next season so you're playing against somebody and they're giving you fits with this that or the other thing um, what did you see from another coach this year that um, that you want to steal for next year um Okay, steel is hard. I think prep for is maybe okay, what I would go. go. We can go uh, with just, that. Just because I just like how, like, for instance, Broken Bow. I love the way that they, they switch up their presses. They're giving you different looks. You know, we do our press, and we press constantly the whole game. Um, they do a, a good job of, of showing different looks of, of when they're trapping, when they're going to let you stand off a little bit, and having basically fake pressure sometimes and just having mm-hmm. girls make mistakes. That's something that... I want our girls to do better at. Now, I won't do it exactly the same way because uh-huh. um, I still want to be in our system, but I just like the way that they do that of just, you know, sometimes it's go, 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 and then sometimes it makes you think that it's go, 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 and it's, yeah. and it's not. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking the same thing, and the guy that, that's done that to us is uh, Nate, Nate Prim now at uh, Fremont Bergen. You know, he's done a really, you know, and what we hope to get to this next year with our – pressure is okay we're starting out like this and it all looks the same at the start but Mm -hmm. we're going to do this now we're going to do this but it's all starting from the same spot and and hopefully in year three we could start really implement now that we've got the base part of it in our in our pressure uh system that we can attack that even more and and give those different looks give those different looks so um so that's that's kind of what that's what we're thinking about, and, and Kelly did that today in their game. They were they were being really aggressive, and yep. then and then Gothenburg split them a few times, got three or four wide open layups, and then he went to the two two one. He was still yep. pressuring, but he wasn't giving up those easy looks. So that yep. was a good, and that helped them get back in the game as well. So, yep. how about you, Tom? I tell you what, and I I went a lot of years where we were full court man to man and did absolutely nothing else. That's all we're going to do, and then I. I don't remember exactly even what team it was. I do remember a number of years ago playing Sioux City North, and they did this, and then I got reminded of it. Changing defenses. Changing defenses. What it, for me as a coach, having to prepare for multiple different looks, and maybe a team that does, I was just talking to Drew Olson too over here, mm-hmm. right before I got on the air here, and he said the same thing, changing defenses. Because we might have five or six different ones that are in the toolbox, and then that particular game, we might use just two or three of them, but you still got to prepare for five or six of them. And mm-hmm. it, I, I remember me as a coach thinking, 
jeez, you got to prepare for all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that really hit me over the head. I'm like, you know what? Unless you're just absolutely superior in talent. Yeah. Yeah. But if you are, then you can just go one and just. You can do just basically whatever you want to be yeah. successful. Yeah. 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 Well, I tell you what, we went to that. Our season turned about mid season where we really got momentum and peaked at the end. And it was because of changing defenses. And. What'd you, what'd you do schematically with that? Like, like, what were you doing? How'd you switch it up? You know, what was the process of going through it? I had watched all the games from the previous year with Marion, and the thing that really struck me about Class A basketball is so many teams play man, and so many teams run motion, and inevitably, if, the, if you'll be patient enough, you'll end up at the rim with a foul. And I'm like, I don't want to play like they play in the summer. I want to do something different. And so, schematically, we went from man. I'm like, unless I'm playing a team that I'm just quicker than, and we'll just overrun you with with um, being quicker or faster. We just went with changing fronts on defense and uh, zones and changing them and changing them in a way that I know that if we change to this, you're going to have to change your alignment as opposed to a zone that, well, you can still stay in the same alignment. Right. So we really kind of put a package together of things that I know when we switch from this to this, you've got to change alignment, which means you got to communicate, get people reset, and it really, that, that jumped out at me I saw it. I don't remember the team, but I saw it mid-season, and then it reminded me of when we played Sioux City North years ago. And I'm like, "That's a nightmare if you do it well." So we had a real. You can't just. You got to teach yeah. it. Yeah. So we spent a lot of time on changing, and we sacrificed shooting in practice. When when were you changing them? Were you changing them like during the course of the game, like I as always, it was happening, or timeouts? Especially or with year misses? one, I told the girls we will only change on dead balls. We will not do it in the flow. We'll do it on dead balls, and I I I don't want to say the team that we did it to that really kick-started our season because I don't want them to think, oh, you're bringing us up and you beat us. But yeah. it was one there throwing the ball all over the place, not sure what defense we were in. And then the few times we went to man, they threw it out of bounds thinking it was zone. Yeah. And so I just thought, wow, that is that gave me – nothing gave me more fits than – I loved it on a scouting report. It's like they play man the whole game. Mm-hmm. Or they do it. It's like, okay, here we go. Yeah. And then compared to the changing element of it, it gives, especially if you're a team that maybe out talented a little, yeah. Or yeah. so I that was a big thing, and that changing and playing zone because I tell you what, you play zone, you can still be aggressive. Right. Whereas man, if you're aggressive in man, you're going to be up the dribble and foul. You can be aggressive in zone and not get beat off the dribble. Right. Yeah. And still play pressure. Yeah. Yep. So that's and that's I completely flipped from where I used to be all man to where we're a lot of zone. Unless I'm faster and more athletic, we're going to play zone and mix it up and and be aggressive out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think you always have to have at least a plan B. You know, yeah. uh, you know, I've never bought into, well, we're just a man team, and that's what we're going to do. Or we're just a zone team, and that's what we're going to do. And we're, you know, I mean. Being flexible. Yeah, yeah you, you you got to have some, as, as Bill Simmons would call it, malleability. you got to be able to adjust to what the other team has. Like the Bill, I call it the Bill Belichick rule. It's like, we're going to make you play the way you're least comfortable. Yeah, make you play left-handed. Yeah. So, do you do this throughout the whole season? Because I am one of those guys, especially early on. Like, if I feel like this is going to be our defense where we can be the most successful, and you might feel uncomfortable in it, and we might not, we might have some growing pains where I'll let them struggle a little bit instead of instead of like you know switching my defense to be make them something that they've done before or something that they're more comfortable to get them to where I think they can be most successful. I'm willing to give up some possessions. I'm willing to give up you know for the process of learning. But, I mean, 
Are, do you do that early on, or are you right away at the beginning of the year you're showing them multiple defensive packages? That's a great point. And we played – we were all full-court man for a majority – I'd say for the first almost half of the season because I wanted to see what kids could just – who was the toughest, meanest, and all – and yep. so I kind of, and I did that really in the summer. We played nothing but full court man-to-man the whole time because I wanted to kind of see what my kids were made of. Yeah. So now we probably did a little longer into the season this year because of it being the first year than normal. But I agree with you that kind of let's early on, let's see, let's let's go with this plan A. Yeah. And then if it works great, if not, we can adjust, but maybe we don't have to. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Michael Plum, my, my two sons, Michael and Carter, are sitting here with us tonight at the Mellow Mushroom. What that large pizza they delivered to you? And uh, <laughs> they just got a, a large pizza. It's gone. And, and uh, my, my two young adult sons uh, put in some good work on that pizza pie. Michael, you're, I, I believe you are the first family member ever to be on this other than me. Am I? You you are. I think you are. I, I don't think I anybody else. I feel very honored. You, you should feel very honored, son. Uh, what's your review of the Mellow Mushroom Pizza? We're going to give a little shout-out, a little 30-second review of the Mellow Mushroom Pizza here. You know, this isn't my first time at Mellow Mushroom, but every time it never it never ceases to amaze me. The, uh, <laughs> the one we went for was the buffalo chicken pizza, and we took off the onions and the bacon. Why? Hmm. Uh, okay. It's just the way that we prefer it, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, you know, very warm very tasty, you know, and on a scale of 1 to 10, what do you give it, bud? Oh, definitely like a, a 9.5. 9.5. High praise Nine from Michael five. Plum. All right. So, Carter, thumbs up? Thumb, thumbs up. All right. So, you can't get any better. You, you, you got two college kids that are coming in, and, of course, they're, they're eating on Dad's tab, so it tastes even better. Uh, so, uh, but uh, some good pizza there. All right. Good job, Mike, man. Well done, buddy. Um, what do you guys, you know, we're going to start here in the next few weeks. You guys know just as well as I do, probably about a week from today, we're going to start getting barraged with emails uh, for summer summer team camps and things like that. And, uh, you know, what are, what are some things that you guys are looking for for setting up your schedule for your teams uh, for team camps and, and going out and, and finding that balance between development and competitiveness, uh, finding something for all of your levels of your teams, uh, varsity, JV, freshman, you know, that type of thing. Uh, what, do you, what, what are some of the key components that you're looking for when you're putting together and you're looking to perhaps go somewhere else that you haven't been to before or whatever it may be? That's a good point about going somewhere else where you're not going to play the same teams over and over again. But we kind of have a formula that I really developed at Seward that we use at Mary and I really like, and that is we stay away We stay away from weekends, stay away from evenings. We do everything Monday through Thursday, and we only go to team camps where they will take all levels of teams so I can offer a team camp. So whatever team camp we're going to, every kid that wants to go gets a sign-up and go. We'll take as many teams as we need, and that kind of, I think, is a big cultural thing. Uh-huh. It's huge that you'll take any, and, and I, so that's huge. We all get to go together, and all teams... Um, the other thing is, again, playing teams you don't normally play, and then never doing a team camp or league thing on back-to-back nights. Because so we go, so in theory, if we go Monday through Thursday, we'll do team camps on Tuesday, Thursday, 
open gyms Monday, Wednesday, because I think it's important to keep the kids hungry and excited. And I've seen times, and I've done a lot of team camps where somebody will show up. Yeah, we just, we got league tonight now. You What? Or we had a team camp. It's like, you want them excited about the next one. Yeah. And if you go to a team camp at York all day, as an example, and then you get league that night, or back-to-back stuff. So I really think, for me, it's important we mix up team camps with open gym and not do leagues or open gyms on consecutive nights. And that has worked great. And team camps where everybody that wants to go can go. And so to me, that's you're sending a message to the kids. We value every single player. And we're going to take everybody that wants to go. And we'll have coaches to coach them and be there. And to me, I just think that's a huge cultural thing. So that's my main things I look for. So <clears throat> that is maybe like the exact opposite of me <laughs> um but that i think a lot has that's to, okay that's a, you know let's balance yeah, it too. let's yeah. see let's see so what we got i think a little bit has to do that with just where we're located like for me i want to have a back-to-back camp day mostly because i do want to go see other people and for us to go see other people well i mean i can't just that's only like 10 minutes down the road yeah yeah i can't just go to burwell and then you know we're gonna see new people and then i come back to work like for us we're gonna do basically everything that we're gonna do is gonna be overnight that way we can go and we can see somebody new so like um you know i was talking to linda walker just a little bit ago uh about going to gross well if i'm gonna go to gross then i'm gonna probably try to go some Fort Calhoun or go. I'm going to try to find another place somewhere else. If I remember right, that time that I, you were at the Wahoo team camp, I believe you were on your way to a Lincoln team camp, a UNL team camp that overnight that next night. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So when we do it um, for my team building, like what, what we're trying to do is we're just trying to like, you know, put back to backs together. That way we're spending more time together. And the reason why I like that is we're going to get away from basketball. So we're going to go to a team camp. We're going to go and play some games, but it it's not going to last all night. It's going to last, you know, till late. So we'll, what we'll do is we'll leave. We're going to go eat. We may be going to go bowling. We may be going to go to a movie. And then we get to do something other than basketball. And then we'll stay overnight, and then we get to go play basketball the next day. So for us, we're trying to do more back-to-backs, and I'm trying to take them as far away from Ord uh, as I can, as the school will let me, basically. So... You know, I try to take them to other states. Um, I want to get them just kind of... Turks and Caicos? <laughs> no, not that far. Not yet. Not <laughs> um, yet. Because in Ord, you know, I'll never forget the first time uh, I made the state tournament when I was actually in Stewart. When we came to Lincoln for the state tournament game, there was a girl on that bus that said, this is the first time I've ever been to Lincoln. <laughs> and so, you know, it, you can get to that area where there, like, there, aren't, there aren't a lot of girls that go to Lincoln that often or go to Omaha and yeah. and or go to other states. And so I'm trying to give them that opportunity to travel with their friends and play some basketball, but most of all just kind of just hang out and, and experience it. So mm-hmm. so I do – we do some weekend stuff. Um, I try to stay away from weekends as much as possible. But, like, our big tournaments that we go to, we'll try to do maybe – we maybe one weekend, two we at the most when I was – when we were um, – really good and the girls wanted to go to everything i had girls that wanted to do aau but they were instead they wanted to just do stuff with us so we basically did like an aau schedule like every weekend we went somewhere we played in aau tournaments but as just ord um and that was always really fun because coaches would come up and be like oh what what area you guys out of i'm like well we're just one town 
Yeah. And they'd be like, this is like your high school team? I'm like, yes. This, this, mm-hmm. And I yeah. had really, really good players, so we were winning some of these tournaments, and they were like, wait, 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 yeah. this is some high school team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we try to go all over the place and and do back-to-backs and spend the night and hang yeah. out. Yeah. I, I think there's something to be said. Um, you know, one of the things I try to look at is the, 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 the timing. Like you said, Tom, want to try and keep it Monday through Thursday, want to try to stay away from weekends. And try to do it, do it during the day. But if you let them know far enough in advance, you know, hey, yeah, let's let's do an overnight. Or one of the things I would like to do this summer is is do like a barnstorming type of deal. You know, drive an hour, play somewhere, get in, back in the vans, drive somewhere for an, drive another hour, play somebody else, have a prearranged scrimmage, do this, find a place to stay That's overnight. You know, something like that, and do that for a, a thirty-six hour thing and, and and just bring the kids together and uh you know i i think those are when you're you know like in the nba they have the training camp and and that type of thing where uh everybody is you know that's where the the team is really built and i think a lot of the times in the summertime you can really build those bonds through those team camps as well i always think it's important as well to try and keep it affordable for your parents you know i try to keep it um uh, you know, around a hundred to a hundred and twenty dollars ish for for our kids in our mm-hmm. situation. Now, you know, in my old job, maybe you could have a little bit more than that. But even then, you know, um, there there was a limit. There there was a limit. You know, and, and if you had something big, like you know, we went out to the University of Notre Dame every three years, and cool. you know, that was a big expense. That was a, that was a big expense. Uh, so you wanted to be aware of that the other two or three summers that you didn't go to Notre Dame that hey at some point you're going to have to pay a lot of money and now it was a great trip but I never had a kid that said man that Notre Dame trip was just awful I hated it you know I mean all our kids loved it you know Uh, but I I think that's important I also agree with you guys it's good to find somebody else that you don't play I think it's really good that you find somebody else that you don't play and 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 to really challenge yourself. And, and I think one of the important things, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but sometimes in the summer it's good to find out what kids can do, but also it's important to find out sometimes what kids cannot do. Mm-hmm. And and if you're struggling with, a, with multiple pressure situations in the middle of June, that makes me think ahead to, well, what are you going to do in the middle of December or the middle of January? And that's kind of a great experimental place that you can tinker with that. You know? So uh, for me... I, when I first started, so like I said, I was in Stewart, and we were six and fourteen my first year. And what I did was I set up the camps so that I knew we would be more successful because we didn't have a lot of success. Yeah, we didn't have a, a lot, and that's of where winning. We're, and that's where we're at. And too, so yeah. then we went to these camps, and the girls were keeping a record of how many games they won because they hadn't won a lot in the season. So then all of a sudden. They know what their summer record is, and we didn't lose a whole lot. And I actually think that that really catapulted us into the season where mm-hmm. it was like they came in super confident. Um, and then, you know, we had been talking about the state tournament. We made the state tournament that year, but that was kind of the thing was that summer we were able to get that confidence. You have a team that's not very confident. Yeah. It's okay to go get some wins at places. Oh, yeah. But then when they have – if you have a team that is very confident, it's okay to knock them down a peg too. It's yeah. okay to go – Get your butt kicked somewhere, mm-hmm. and, That's the and old let Bill know. Snyder, yeah. Kansas State football approach to scheduling because you're exactly right. Building confidence, 
Some teams you need to build confidence. Other ones you need to knock them down a couple notches. Yeah. And get them hungry again or mm-hmm. realizing they've got work to do. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, coming out in a situation where, you know, our kids won 10 games in three years. They've got – they had been judged plenty. You know, we needed to find ways for them to feel good about themselves and to point out the small victories and things like that and and to get them excited instead of just going, all right, we're going to get our butt kicked again because that's what we're supposed to do. And yep. But I think you're right that it is important that you schedule it in a way to put your kids in that sweet spot. It's kind of like with your youth teams. You want to finish probably a little bit above 500 with your youth teams. You know, if you could do that, that means you challenge yourself enough that you're playing good teams, but you're also in a situation where you've won games and the kids feel good about the experience. Yeah, and I would uh, tell you, too, if you're a new coach, like first year to school, I would say schedule wins in the summer mm-hmm. to just build that confidence. Unless you're really maybe a John Larson taking over at Creed or something, okay, you're fine. you got enough confidence. Yeah. Kids know. They, they know. But if you're like a new coach starting out, schedule camps you're going to win at and build. I just think that's it's a great point you made up again, I'll say. Just a great point. Get that confidence ball rolling. It's crazy what kids can do with confidence. Yeah. Like kids that, you know, at the end of the year are the most confident, they're the ones going to the state tournament where they just yeah. feel like they can't lose. Winning uh, just feels good. I mean, just think about <laughs> yeah. teams you've played that you knew you were going to beat no matter what. You still... You still the legend Drew Olson just walked by with his dad, the other legend Rich Olson. National so. championships and high school championships. Yeah, just just just, just a little bit of bling walking out the door right there. So, yeah, confidence is so important. Well, and, and like for our school, for our boys to make it, and they'll be playing tomorrow morning. I I think that's just going to be, you know, hopefully five years from now we look back and go, that was a huge kicking off point for our athletic success in our school all the way around not just boys basketball but for girls basketball and our football team had a good year this year too they were they were seven and two should have been eight and one uh went to the playoffs uh were ahead you know they lost in the first round uh but but just to just to have that 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 kicking off point and and sometimes that's 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 all it takes is just that that one thing you know i remember at my at my old job i don't know if you remember this conversation we had tom um we beat Ron Colley in the district semifinal, and we're getting ready to play South Sioux, and this is when South Sioux was South Sioux. This is, you know, Kelly's apex, you know. And and you kept telling me, I mean, we talked that night after we beat Ron Colley, and you kept you're going to go to the state tournament tomorrow. You're going to go to the state tournament tomorrow. You're going to go to the state tournament tomorrow. And then the next day, we were talking to somebody, and you just kept telling me, you're going to the state tournament. You're going to win tonight. You're going to win tonight. And even I was like, I felt good, but I was like, ah, come on. And then as we were cutting down those nets, I remember you just kept telling me, you're going to the state tournament. You're going to win. You're going to win your district. You're going to go to the state tournament. You know, and it was just a, a massive, you know, I needed a little bit of that yeah. confidence to even believe myself a little bit. Well, that's so. like um, Coach K. Have you ever read, uh, what is it called? The um, Gold Standard. Yes. It, but he talks about that, how, like, Bobby Knight told him, like, you're better than them. And and he thought he meant the team that the USA team was playing uh-huh. because he was coaching all the NBA players. And he was like, yeah, we should beat whoever they were. And he's like, no, 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 you're better than them. The players, you're better than them. Because he needed that own his own confidence of, like, as a college coach, mm-hmm. confidence to mm-hmm. coach the NBA players. So if Coach K needs a little confidence, we could all use yeah, a little. Yeah, exactly. 
Hey, uh, let's let's go through one more thing here. Uh, we got games tipping off over at Pinnacle Bank here in, in a few minutes, and I know we all, all of us want to get back, and should be a couple of good games tonight here as well. Uh, you know, we're, we're all going to start shifting gears and thinking about summer development. And we talked a little bit about summer camps. Uh, what are some of the big things that you guys are going to be doing? And, and, and I know we haven't had time to decompress and really start scratching out, hey, this is exactly what we're going to do on day one, day two, day three. But, but going into your summer development program, what are the things that, that you guys are going to really emphasize in your skill development and fundamental development with your team and with your program this season? Uh, Dexter, why don't you go ahead? Um, you know, for us, of course, shooting is huge. Um, so going right into it, um, we are going to put up a lot of shots. Like, that's the main goal. Like, if you can put the ball in the hoop, you can win a lot of basketball games. Um, we always talk about the game has been, always will be about buckets. You gotta, you gotta score to win. Um, but then, and and defense for us, I think our defense mentality actually starts in the weight room. Like that's one of the things that we talk about all the time. Is like if you can push yourself in the weight room, you're gonna be able to guard somebody. You're gonna be able to, you know. Um, get in front of somebody and stay in front of somebody. So that's like one of our big emphasis is we want to get a ton of shots up and we want to be in the weight room every week. And we have great attendance with that. Um, and then, you know, from there, that's when we just start to piece it all together. But we we start out with giving them a shooting chart of what we want, of how many shots we want, how many makes we want. Um, and then from there on out, it's weight room, shots, and then uh, one-on-one stuff. I try to meet with my girls one-on-one uh, at once a week is what we, we try to do. Um, but it's the girls get a – I don't schedule anybody. The girls let me know when they can be there, um, and I'll be there. And so I try to open myself up in the summer as much as possible. And I think that that's how you get kids is if you try to schedule kids over and over and over again, they're going to have summer plans. They're going to want to do something, and, and it starts to become a job, and they start to hate it. I think you get kids when – you say, you let me know when you can be in here. I'll be in here, and we're gonna we're gonna do some things. And when kids want themselves to be in the gym, that's when you got them. Where it's like you want to improve yourself. Um, and it's not like you can't give a kid a push here and there um, to try to get them to be in the gym. But when kids want to call you up and say, "Hey, coach, can you open the gym?" That's when they're like, "That's when you really got them." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tom. I definitely think shooting, I think everybody's on that same plane of want to shoot better and get a lot of shots up. That's always key, getting a lot of shots up. And it's, it goes back to one thing I really noticed when I watched all the Omaha Marion games from the previous year, reserve, JV, varsity on up, was the lack of a weak hand and how I've always felt like, you know, I've been going round and round with my volunteer assistant coach that drives from Lincoln every day about he wants to put in a man system force baseline force baseline I'm like I don't know in high school girls basketball over the years I've seen a lot more with force we can it's amazing how many play if you force we can consistently how much more mileage you get out of that than forcing baseline like in college or whatever so what I have done is I'm, I, we've made a real priority I've got about three or four key kids to our success next year that we need to develop that weekend to be able to go right or left and quit cutting the court off in half. And then that creates turnovers. It, it leads to turnovers and so forth. So we've, we're going to put a big emphasis on being able to go right or left, mm-hmm. right or left. And that's probably my number one priority is, you know, in terms of a skill, 
mm-hmm. the ability to go right or left because it sets everything else up. If you can't, I just think about how much mileage we get out of forcing teams into a weekend that don't have a very good weekend. It's amazing. So that's a real big thing for me in skill development is being able to go right and left, mm-hmm. right and left. Yeah. And <clears throat> so that's that. That's huge for me. Yeah. That 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 to me is just. It's crazy thing. you see it at that level as well. Because like, I mean. I've heard NBA commentators talk about, it's a game I watched the other night, at the NBA level. They're talking about, boy, if you force him to his weekend, that's the best. And they're talking about forcing weekend. So at the NBA level, they're talking about forcing these all-stars to their weekend and how much the analytics shows in terms of the percentages drop on shots made, turnovers per possession. So that, that was just, and that's at the NBA level. I remember seeing something about that early on in LeBron's career, especially because they, when they forced him left, he would be a mid-range jump shooter. When you forced him right, he would go downhill and dunk. And so it's just like that's one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Well, and, and it sounds a lot like the scouting report on me too. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, I remember talking about Michael Jordan. The Jordan rules. Part of the Jordan rules yeah. is forcing him to his weekend. Besides getting physical and beating him up, yeah. force him to his weekend. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I need to scrap my whole push baseline sideline. Yeah, no, that's, I know. I'm you. rethinking it, yeah. too. Yeah. I'm telling you, my volunteer assistant, who's awesome, he drove from Lincoln every day, and he said, I'm coming back for sure next year with you. But he goes, you got to let me put in that force baseline. I'm just like, listen, I, I cannot give up that that <laughs> pacifier of – now, there's some <laughs> – some players, it doesn't it doesn't work for everybody. I'm right. talking you scout and you see if you make this kid go left. And you, sometimes you force kids. I'll never forget. There's a player that played for Bellevue East, who during when my daughter played at Seward and we played Bellevue East, um, Jalen Hob Jayla Hobza. Jayla Hobza, yeah, oh, great, yes. great oh, talent. She could great score. talent. Yep. She was right-handed, but couldn't go right. And we picked that up on video. We played them in we we played them in like a, the Hall of Fame Jamboree game. And I said, girls, I said, we're going to force her right. And they go, coach, she's right-handed. I go, she can't go right. And, of course, I picked that up because my daughter, we worked so hard on her developing a left hand, she eventually couldn't go right. That's yeah. um, I relate right. to that. So it's, so you got to make sure it's like force them the direction they don't want to go. Yeah. 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 Do you see that as your players? Sorry, if you want to keep. No, 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 no. This for, is good. For your this players on the scouting report, then, like, are they able to – to just go on the fly? Like, if you have a girl that's left-handed, like, and they have to run and close out, do you see them closing out the wrong direction, or do they pick up on it pretty That's low? a great question. We had to give them a little thing to help them, so what we would tell them is, you're darn so-and-so, what you got because if they're closing out at them, they're not able to think, okay, which way's right as she's facing me? So we just said, whenever you're guarding her, squeeze, so for instance, if you don't want them to go right, squeeze, just every time you close out, squeeze your left hand. They're not getting by my left hand, and that was that worked great in terms of in the post, forcing, uh, and, and that's another thing too about post players, force a middle. You know how many yeah. post players love to catch oh, RBLS. Yeah. Oh, we, we, call it, we call it RBLS, right block, left shoulder. Yeah. And the way we just say, hey, you know, Tavert, uh, you know, Tiverti from, from Marion, uh, RBLS. You know, and, and that's Here's and, and our kids know exactly what that means. I felt like you had to give them a cue whether you're whether you're guarding somebody full court or half court or whatever it is. Give them that cue, and our girls really picked up on that. Where okay, squeeze the left. You're not getting this way. You're not going to get around the squeezed hand. Which so, as someone that's forcing or trying to make somebody go one direction. Now, when you're closing out on them, how are you closing out? Are you are you saying like, uh, 
you want to be over there, like in the midline. Uh, I don't know how to describe this. Well, we um, are you facing? Are you going straight up? Or right? Are you, are, you, opening or are you opening up? Yeah, there we, we go. go. The little three quarter. Okay. What I would tell our girls always is, hey, we want to force them that direction, but not escort them in that direction. Okay. And they picked up on that really well about force, but don't escort. Here's escort. You're on the side. I like that term. Uh-huh. Force them, but don't escort them in. And that really worked for our girls. Oh, yeah, I don't want to just completely, you're not an escort for a layup, but force them that way. I love terminology like that. Like that that little thing of force, don't escort. Like it's just crazy how it can resonate with kids and all of a sudden they can really pick up on it. When you're telling them, you know, exactly why you're not going to do it, if you just have it in simple terms. Like we have a ton of stuff like that. That's, That's great. Yeah. And, you know, we did a lot of one-on-one, full and half, with that drill so they could kind of, oh, yeah, that, that now I'm escorting them, now I'm forcing them. And, yep. and so we would just it, – it's amazing how we do that to our kids in practice. You know, we go one-on-one half, one-on-one full. Kind of, We alternate that every other day, every day, one-on-one half or full. And it's like – it's just amazing when we – kids that didn't have a good weekend, how they got exposed. And it's like, I can't – this really works. But then they buy into that <laughs> defensively because they're like, yeah, yeah I – I need to make sure that I force this person because I can't go that way, so I know that person can't go well, that way. Well, just think about when you guys played, when we all played. You know you favor one way or the other. Yeah. And I feel much more comfortable going, and I could go right or left and dunk either direction. Yeah. But, so I was a, unless I got I fouled you're going talking about. Oh, <laughs> oh, boy. But you know what? I felt a lot more comfortable. But I was just – I remember when I was in high school and I played one year at, at Kearney, I remember thinking I spent a ton of time working my left-hand drills, left-hand, left-hand, left-hand. Not many kids do that. No. So I'm just like, I'm going to use it against people until they prove me otherwise and score yeah. consistently. Yeah. Yeah. We're really going to, you know, our kids have done a great job buying in on the stuff on the floor. And they've done a great job buying in the culture. Now the next step for us as a program is really buying into that weight room. That weight room, the athleticism, the explosiveness. And uh, that's what I want us to see I want to see us take that next step in there and not just do it for the eight weeks of the summer, but when we come back in the fall, boom, we're, we're hopping right back into it and, and we're getting really good reps uh, and maintaining the gains that we've had in the off season. That is a great point because we had that same situation. We've got two, two things to that. One, we had our two days we picked for doing weights during the season were Tuesday, Thursday. We played at least every one of those a week. And so we ended up dropping it the last few weeks because we're like, we're only going once every other week. So scheduling it when you can actually do it. And number two, um, I mean, I mean, you can see the teams that do and those that don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is a three-sport athlete. So not having them fall through the cracks. Well, I'm lifting with volleyball. No, and then all yeah, of a sudden, next thing can't. you know, it's like, well, you're, they're falling through the cracks yeah. and not lifting with anybody. Yeah. So that to me, like Marion, multi-sport athletes, and we have it scheduled to make sure that they are, in fact, between their, I'm lifting with that other sport, and I'm lifting with my own trainer, getting that corralled to where you're lifting consistently. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing at a smaller school, like in Ord, I just work with all the female athletes. Like, I'm in the weight room with all of them. So I have every sport. And, you know, you can try to, you know, cater it to whatever coaches really want, and you're able to do that. But for the most part, lifting is lifting, and, you know, yeah. we're trying to get – get stronger and and every coach says that and they want that so but yeah i i get all the girls so. yeah uh, but the longer i do this the longer and this is probably a mistake that i made as a younger coach um that uh and, and 
honestly, if you ask me, I mean, true serum, give me skill work over uh, weights. Skill work. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. for sure. You know, in our, I mean, you take a look at Kevin Durant, you know, give me Kevin Durant over Tristan Thompson or somebody like that. You Europeans know. lift a ton of weights. Yeah, but there has to be something. There definitely has to be something. If not for anything else, the mentality. It of, is. Uh, you know, when you lift, like me, oh, lift yeah. weights of you just feel more confident when you know you're pumping iron. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, I'm ready to go in and I'm taking mm-hmm. it to you compared to... And when you're grabbing a rebound, when you grab a rebound after you've been lifting and you, you feel strong compared to somebody that hasn't, I mean, like, you can tell those or kids. Or driving to the basket. Yeah. The difference between an and one and getting stripped and losing the ball. Yep. Yeah. Or an and one and just shooting two free throws. Yeah. Yep. You know, because you're able to go up through, through the contact, contact yep. and, and, and finish it there, you know. So now, we'll say this, though. You just brought up free throws about things for next year. Free throws and layups. Oh, that's 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 Gino Ariema. That's that's how girls basketball, women's basketball decided free throws and layups. a college coach of a very high, successful program that I heard just in the last week. They were talking in an after-game analysis. said more games. They're talking about at that level, the importance in, in between – Layups and free throws, winning and losing. Even at the NBA level, oh, yeah. layups and free throws. Mm-hmm. It, it, you would think, well, that's a given. It's not a given. When we did a million and one different layup finish drills, and I didn't, and we, that's another area we got to really improve on. So about we, we can, I'd have to actually say even before that, free throws and layups, mm-hmm. free throws and layups. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that that's just. As, as my now former athletic director would say, they're free throws. Yeah. They're free. And layups, they're free. And you know what? They're missed yeah. at every level. NBA players miss yes. them. Yes. Oh, yeah. are. How many? I mean, they well, are. Well, you take a look at the Nebraska-Wisconsin game yesterday. Is it yesterday? Layups. I think it was yesterday. Drives for Wisconsin missed a bunch of layups that allowed Nebraska to come back and win, you know. And, you know, just finishing At the finishing highest things level. Up. Yeah. Free throws and layups. I mean, a guy's got to really make sure. Let's take care of that or improve that as much as we can because those are what we have the most control over making. Mm-hmm. Shoot a well, three-pointer. I mean, but free well, throws and layups, we should have the most control over that. And so we've that that was a real bug. But we, I mean, we lost three or four games against ranked teams because of free throws and layups. Well, I saw something, and I was going through some, you know, and I'm I'm going when I when I put my napkins out on a daily basis, I'm going through pages and pages of notes and speaking of notes if you get a chance take a look at a pen and a napkin.com the newly revamped a pen and a napkin.com and i'll be continuing to add stuff to a pen and a napkin.com uh but i was looking through something and, and i saw something where uh missing free throws is the equivalent of a turnover mm-hmm. you know and if you, you think you about saw it, it late in games today yeah where if it's you know one and one yeah it, it is a turnover well, for just sure think about as you watch a game as a fan, and the psychological negative impact. No, it that has, I was just going to bring that up. Yes, of like with it, layups. it does affect the next possession or two, whether you think it does or not. And so, it's those are so important to make because they're easy, but they're also if you miss a three, you can live with it, you know. But when you miss them, mm-hmm. it's like uh, it's you like can feel the, it. The crowd, the crowd. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. they're your players. They're human. They're feeling the same thing, and so free throws and layups. Free throws and layups. Free throws and layups. Uh, there we go. You know, I, I feel like we're going down the uh, 
the yellow brick road to uh, to Oz instead of saying lions and tigers and bears. Oh my! It's free <laughs> throws know, and layups and turnovers. Oh my! How many you know? times in practice I told our girls? I said, listen, I never missed a free throw and a layup. I don't understand how you guys. They didn't quite buy that. No, no. But I didn't no. have to prove it either. So no, no, no. There, there is no proof. <laughs> there is no proof. But they uh, missed at every level, the highest level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw Omaha Center. I said a girl that twenty five points and a half on us. Breakaway layup, uncontested, nobody around missed a layup. Yep. Great uh, player. Division one player. It, it happens. Said, you know, they do it too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it does. It does. So great talk, guys. Yeah. Great talk. Thanks, thanks for having me. Enjoyed thanks, it. For, yeah, thanks for coming over. Appreciate it. Uh Dexter Goodner, girls basketball coach for the Ord Chanticleers. Yes. And Tom Taverdi had Head basketball coach at Omaha Marion High School. Don't even need a a gender. Nope. Uh, uh, we have uh, wrestling cl- now. Oh yes, oh, yeah. yes, yes. So, uh, but no gender clarification because Omaha Marion is an all girls school. So, uh, but we have been here at the Mellow Mushroom. Like I said, if you're in Lincoln here the next few days, walk across the street. Uh, great customer service, great food, great wait staff. They have been terrific to us today. Uh, Michael Plum gave it a glowing review. What did he say? Nine, 9.5? 9.5 out of 10? And remember, he knows what he's talking about. He's been instrumental in turning around the Husker men's basketball season. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he has. That staff. Yes, he has. Uh, he, I think it is all Michael Plum. I don't think it has anything to do with, with Alonzo Verge or Trey McGowan's or, or Fred Hoiberg. I think it was... Yeah, tell you, <laughs> Michael Plum. tell you what, though, seriously, if you just looked at nothing other than the last week and a half, you'd have to almost say Nebraska. It's like, they got a shot of winning the Big Ten tournament. Is that crazy? Is that absolutely crazy? If you just looked at the last three games, you'd say, yeah, they're, they're right well, in there. And, and you, I, I you know would, what? We were, we were down at the Iowa game, and they played very well against Iowa as well. Uh, did they, they? They, they? They played very well. They played very well. Iowa played better, but I, Iowa beat them. They didn't lose. Really? Iowa beat them. And, and there's a difference. But it was a good game. But it was a good game. I, and they, and they, they played well. One. They played well. They played well. So, you know, I... I free throws I, and layups. Free, well, it wasn't free throws and layups, but it was, you know... <laughs> Alonzo Verge. You know, yeah. You know, they, they're... At some point, there's... And, and I will say this. Uh, Coach Hoiberg and his staff have been terrific to my son. Uh, the players in the program have been terrific to my How son. How about... The, in, the intestinal and, fortitude of that crew through all those and to oh. end up like this. Well, okay. yeah. Wow. Well, they could have they could have just thrown in the towel, and 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 that's my point. Is uh, that is a that is a very good group of coaches, and that's a very good group of of character young men, and and that's a team that has struggled all year. They keep coming out. And yeah, they've they've made some mistakes along the way, and there's been a lot more downs than there has been ups. But that's a group that could have thrown in the towel mm-hmm. to and, come through the and, storm. They've exactly. come through, and, to, and it's amazing. They didn't have to do this. They could have just played the string out and had been done. And so that says a lot about who they are. And and my son uh, has said all year long, it's so frustrating because we've got a great group of guys that get along really really well, and. You know, it, it's just frustrating that we're not getting more wins because this is a group of, of, of guys that want to win and want to do well. And, and you know, better late than never. You know um, and and hopefully it builds some momentum going into next season. Uh, but, you know, it was the right decision to keep Coach Hoiberg around. Uh, they're going to get this figured out, and, and they're going to move forward. This, though. I know? mean, it's, 
when you think of us as high school coaches, you talk about a lesson in terms of keep doing the things we can control, doing the best we can. Process over and results. And believe yeah, that real. we can turn up. Believe that we – and, boy, I mean, I don't – that's a lesson right there that's mm-hmm. like – and I, that's why I kept preaching my Oma Marion kids as we were going through a gauntlet schedule. I said, "We're gonna, we're gonna peak. We're gonna, evolve, we're gonna build momentum." And we did. And it's like, because there was times there, it's like it could have been easy to say it's over. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that that that's been a real lesson for me. Like, wow, that is imp- that's something to model when things aren't going well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So we're gonna end on that one. Uh, we're gonna end on that one. Dexter, thanks so much for coming thanks on. Thanks for having me. Stay alive in Florida this weekend, yes, please. Please do. Be a good you know, time. you're an elder statesman now. You you make yep. make quality decisions. Always, always. Tom, thanks so much for coming on again. Appreciate you it. I just want to apologize one more time for the state tournament stuff we did to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I, I've got one great ring on my finger. There should be two. Uh, you know, Those another are some one or awesome two battles. Yeah, uh, awesome battles. It, it was, but uh, you know, we got. We got beat by really good teams. Hey, and then by the way, hang you're in C1 with Ord, right? Yes. Look out for Fort Calhoun. They've got an incoming group. They're going to be look out. I'm just going to make the early prediction. Look out for Fort Calhoun next year. Well, if the coach stays out of the way, I believe they could be something. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you and about two dozen parents are saying the same thing, Dexter. So no, that's uh, not true. We uh, we've got a you know we've got a great group of returning kids. We've got a very nice group of, of younger kids that are coming through our system, and you know, let's just see where it takes us. We're you know right now. You heard speaking, it here spe- first. <laughs> speaking, speaking uh, as what we just talked about. The only thing we can control right now is our banquet next week, and that's all we're going to worry about right now is having a good banquet next week. Love that's a banquet. It. Oh, you had to remind me of that. I got to get that going. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. So that's always fun. See, I turned that over to the assistant coaches, and they took care of it. So we're good. So <laughs> smart. All right, hey, we're gonna get back over. We're gonna watch some basketball here tonight uh, again. Tom Dexter, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this roundtable discussion. We were we were one coach short in theory, but the three of us more than made up for it. It was a great conversation. Thank you for having and, us. Thank uh, yeah, you so much. Really, I, I appreciate your guys' time here. So. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.